Good morning, everyone. Welcome. We are so glad that you are here today. It is a, a great day to be in God's house as we share the love of Christ with one another. We welcome everyone this morning. We welcome our guests especially. Uh, we're glad that you're here with us and hope God will bless you in a very special way this morning. Uh, let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets on each row. Uh, we'd like to ask if you wouldn't mind to take those and fill them out and uh, just check the box on there. Put your name, address, phone number, whatever information you feel comfortable and check the appropriate box. Uh, we would appreciate it if you did that. Also, uh, a few announcements I'd like to call to your attention. First of all, thank you to the Midway class for a wonderful breakfast this morning. Uh, this is something we do every, every month, once a month, and, and our Midway class was responsible for that today. So thank you for that. Everything was delicious as always. Uh, also, on next Sunday, um, we will be hosting a uh, New Friends of Community Baptist Church dinner here at the church next next uh, Sunday evening at 5 o'clock. And so if you are relatively new to the Community Baptist family here or would like some more information about Community Baptist Church, we'd like to invite you to come and be a part of that uh, event next Sunday evening at 5 o'clock. Also, we had a uh, successful blood drive, another successful blood drive on Wednesday. So thanks for everybody who donated and participated in that. And I'll remind everybody that this Wednesday we will be having our regular dinner and then afterwards a Bible study at 6.30 on a time for mercy. And so I hope you can come and share that time together. It's good to share this time of worship and fellowship uh, with one another. And so let me invite you now to stand and let's uh, greet each other in the name of the Lord.
stand as we praise our Lord together by singing Holy, Holy, Holy. God, you are indeed holy, and we, we give you thanks for your holiness and for all of your gifts to us, for daily food, for health, for each breath we take, for freedom to choose, and for the gifts of your word, your power, and your love. Our hearts are truly overwhelmed, O oh God, when we consider all that you are and and how you have entrusted so much to us. May we be worthy of that trust. <clears throat> May we be a people who are unafraid to live our lives as fully and as richly as you want us to live. Help us, O oh God, as followers of Jesus, to, to multiply all that you have given to us, to risk spreading your word, and perhaps even to see it misunderstood to gamble by loving those whom others think are only worthy of hate, to take chances by doing good to those who have not done good to us. Help us, O oh God, to be filled with faith and to desire to increase your glory and your goodness in this world. 
Give us opportunity, O God, to share in both word and in deed that which you have given to us. We pray, O God, for the church here today. We pray that it may encourage all of its members to discover and develop and use all of their gifts, those gifts of nature and those gifts of grace. And we pray for those who are poor in body or in spirit, for those who are oppressed and heavy laden, for those who are sick or in despair. We pray that you would minister, O God, by your spirit and by your people to all of those for whom we have prayed and help us to walk faithfully in the path of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Page 344, Jesus Loves Me.
Can you hear me now? Sorry. <laughs> they said the 14th is Valentine's Day, but does anyone else know what February 14th, what national day it is? No? It is National Organ Donation Day. And I did not know that until I was reading the paper yesterday. And so I wanted to tell you guys a little bit, and I've got a story on my phone, that's why I'm pulling it out. I wanted to tell you a little bit about the story that I read. Do any of you kind of know about organ donation or what that is? You do? You know about it, Ryan? Can you kind of explain it? You don't have to, no. Um, organ donation is when, when something happens to someone and their family is really nice and they, you know, maybe give their heart or their lungs to someone else who needs it. Is that kind of how you understand it, Ryan? And so I wanted to read you a story about um, a man. His name is, his first name is Carrie. And Carrie needed a heart. And so um, what Carrie says in the bottom of this is he said, I try to promote organ donation every day and in everything I do. He said, um, I always say that I'm here today because of my hero. And see, with the organ donors, sometimes they don't meet the people that give them organs. And he said, my hero is a person that I will never meet, and I might never know their name, but that doesn't make them less of a hero. I just try to tell my story and that they never know when a person they love might need the same thing as I did. We no longer need our organs when we are gone, but many others could have a new life because of this selfless gift. The gift of life, the ability for them to live on in someone else. And then he said... There's 120,000 people nationwide who are waiting for life-saving organs. He said every 10 minutes, another person is added to the transplant list. And, you know, there's a person in our church who works really hard to kind of help with a thing that's kind of like organ donation, and that is Miss Jika. Miss Jika, when you get old enough, she will find your name and number, and she will call you and ask you to give blood. And giving blood is really, really important. And that's been Miss... Yes, she will track you down. That's out there to you guys. But Miss Jika, for as long as I've been going here, Miss Jika has always gotten our blood drives together. And blood drives are really important if you're in an accident or say you have an illness or something happens and you need blood. When people give blood, then it sits there and it's ready to give to you. So I kind of wanted to share the story of Carrie's with you about the heart that another family gave him, and that meant that he could live. Um, but blood donation and things like that are just as important. So on Valentine's Day, also remember that organ donation is really important too, okay? So if you would, bow your heads, and then we'll go upstairs for Children's Church. Dear God, please help us to remember to always keep others in our prayers and to do what is always right.
join me as we pray. Lord, we come today humbly giving thanks for the blessings that you've bestowed upon us and giving thanks for the forgiveness of our sins. We ask that you strengthen us to carry out your commandments and do your work here in this world. We give thanks for these blessings, for these tithes, and we ask that your blessings on these tithes and offerings so that your work may be done through us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Scripture today is Deuteronomy 30, 15 through 20. See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I am commanding you today by loving the Lord your God, walking in his ways, and observing his commandments, decrees, and ordinances. Then you shall live and become numerous, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to possess. Possess. But if your heart turns away and you do not hear 
but are led astray to bow down to other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you will perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying him and holding fast to him. For that means life to you and length of days, so that you may live in the land that the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. This is the word of the Lord. His love is a boundless love, endless love, and we are grateful for it. You know, the 
the ability to make concise and accurate decisions is one of the, the greatest secrets of a successful life. And those of you who are sports fans will appreciate uh, the story of a college football team whose starting quarterback was injured on a certain play, and the number two quarterback hadn't even dressed out that day because he had the flu, and so the only one that was left was a freshman quarterback who also did their punting. But he had absolutely no game experience at a college level. Well, the coach had no choice but to put him in the lineup there. And it was first down, but the ball was on their own three-yard line. The coach's main thought was to get them away from the goal line so that they would have enough room to punt the ball out of danger. And so the coach said, son, I want you to hand off to Jones, who was the biggest fullback, and I want you to hand off to Jones for the next two plays, let him run into the middle of the line, get us a few yards, and then I want you to punt. And so the young quarterback did just as he was instructed. On the first play, he handed it off to Jones, but miraculously Jones found a hole off, off tackle there, and he ran 50 yards down the, line, down the, the, the field. And so the young quarterback called the same play again. And once again, miracle of miracles, the hole was there again. And this time Jones ran for 45 yards and the fans in the stands were were going crazy. The ball was now on the opponent's two-yard line, six short feet away from the goal line. And the team confidently lined up and the young quarterback received the snap, stepped back and punted the ball into the stands. As the team came off the field, the coach angrily grabbed the young quarterback and asked, what in the world were you thinking when you called that play? And the quarterback answered, I was thinking, what a dumb coach we have. (laughs) Well, at least that young quarterback was good at taking orders. He did exactly what the coach asked him to do. And the truth of the matter is that many coaches today don't want their quarterbacks making decisions. Even in the NFL, few quarterbacks call their own plays anymore. Most of the, quarter, most of the plays are sent in from, from, the, from the coaches on the field or up in the, up in the stands there uh, in the boxes there, the coaches' boxes. Now, obviously, we're not here to talk about football this morning, especially in light of the outcome of last week's game. Sorry for my Falcons. (laughs) But there's an important point here that we need to see about our relationship with God. You see, God has paid us the ultimate compliment because God allows us to call our own plays. God allows us to make our own decisions. When God created us in God's own image, this was, a primary, uh, this was primary among all of the characteristics that God endowed us with, the ability to choose. Right from the very get-go, in the Garden of e- Eden, God gave Adam and Eve everything that they na- needed to sustain their life. But in the middle of the garden, there was a tree planted the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And and the moment that God did that, God provided them with an opportunity to make a choice. 
they could listen to God's instructions and live forever in paradise, or they could eat of the forbidden fruit and die. Now you may, you may think, what an absurd choice. Why would anyone ever choose death over life? And yet people make that choice all the time. It was 50 years ago when the following notice first appeared on packs of cigarettes. Warning, the Surgeon General has determined that cigarette smoking is dangerous to your health. Uh, these days, the warnings on the cigarette packages are even stronger than that and, uh, and graphic sometimes. But th- when this warning came out 50 years ago, it marked a, a turning point in our society. Suddenly we had to face the realization that there was a a scientific link between tobacco use and and lung cancer and heart disease and high blood pressure and a host of other diseases that would kill us. Did people quit smoking when that warning came out? Well, millions did. But for many others, the habit was just too hard, too well established in their lives. And I understand that. I understand that smoking is a... It's a hard addiction to, to break. It's a hard addiction to kick, and it's almost impossible for many people to do so. But why would anybody ever choose to begin to smoke today? I mean, with all that we know about the harm of smoking, why choose death when you can choose life? And yet there are teenagers today who still choose to take up this deadly habit. There's not a person in this room who's not aware of the the dangers of alcohol and drug abuse. And yet, there are so many people who would rather listen to the serpent saying, that won't happen to you, rather than listening to the voice of God. And unfortunately, it's not only ourselves who are hurt through the misuse of our freedom to choose. There are people who treasure their marriages and but they're morally weak. And they would not want to hurt their spouse for anything in the world, and and yet they're playing with fire, choosing perhaps the death of a marriage because of of a moral weakness. Many more examples could be used. Some of us face a choice every day with a variety of unhealthy habits. Who in the world would choose death over life? And yet millions of people do it every day. And apparently that was just as true 3,000 years ago as it is today. And so it was with great urgency that Moses called the people of Israel together and issued this earnest plea. This day I called the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you, he said, that I have, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses, Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to God's voice and hold fast to God. For the Lord is your life. And God will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You see, one of the keys to, to a successful Christian life is the realization that God has given us the freedom to choose our own destinies. 
I heard about a social worker who knocked on the door of a decrepit old house one day and a a woman opened the door just a crack, just enough to see out and she put her foot up against it and said through through the opening there, you needn't come in here. Me and my husband don't take no interest in nothing. That's a pitiful description of someone who has given up control of their lives. We don't take no interest in nothing. William Willimon tells about seeing a movie in which one of the leading characters lived a tragic life, just basically bouncing from one disaster to the next. He's never able to hold down a job, never able to support a family or keep any friends. He finally dies in a tavern brawl, and at the at his death, one of the men who had tried to befriend him said, Joe died almost like he was born. He came into this world kicking and screaming and fighting and understanding nothing, and he went out of this world fighting without the slightest notion of what he was put here for or where he was going. Another pitiful record of a life out of control. My friends, God has given us the ability to take control of our lives. We can choose our own destinies. And every study of great leaders has emphasized their decisiveness. They knew where they were going, and so they made decisions that would get them there. There's a cartoon called Barry's World. I don't know if you've ever seen this or not. But there was one particular cartoon that says it well. It showed a picture of a vagrant sitting on a sidewalk there. And beside him, there's a large sign that reads, Keeping my options open. Thank you. (laughs) Keeping my options open. Thank you. Well, it would be nice to go through life always with your options open, wouldn't it? But you know what? That's not the way life is. Somewhere along the way, we have to make some decisions. And when we make a decision for something, we are also making a decision against something else. Because sometimes you can't do it. You can't have it all. You can't do it. Have it both ways. Some of you may remember one of the old Uncle Remus stories about Rare Rabbit. Uh, In this particular story, Br'er Rabbit was invited to dinner on the same night at the same hour at Br'er Terrapin's house and also Br'er Possum's house. And so he's standing there at the crossroads, and he's thinking to himself, do I eat with Br'er Terrapin or do I eat with Br'er Possum? And first he runs down the road toward Br'er Possum's house. And then changing his mind, he turns around and starts towards Br'er Terrapin's house. And then he changes his mind again and runs towards Br'er Possum's house. And, and the thought of the two meals is awaiting for him. He's running back and forth, unable to make a decision until finally he misses dinner altogether at both places. There are people like that. There's no firm destination for their lives. There's no commitment. There's no beckoning call that reaches out to them and pulls them forward. In the words of Elijah, how long will you limp between two opinions? Or in the words of Joshua, 
But if you are unwilling to obey the Lord, then decide today whom you will obey. So you see, one of the keys to successful living is the realization that God has given us the freedom to choose our own destinies. And this brings us to the next point about making decisions and making our choices. And it's a hard one. Because while we are free to make our own choices, we do have to live with the consequences of the choices we make. And so if we abuse the freedom that we have, then we're probably going to pay the price. Pastor Ed Sassnett tells about the Ferguson family who took the trip of a lifetime several years ago. It was a 10-day cruise from Ensenada, Mexico to Hilo, Hawaii. But halfway through the cruise, the ship came to a sudden halt. The reason? It was Ferguson's youngest daughter, Kelly, 20 years old. It seems that Kelly was homesick for her boyfriend, and she wanted to go back home instead of going through with the family vacation. And so she thinks to herself, what can I do? And so she decided to leave a couple of fake terrorist threats in one of the restrooms, hoping that one of the ship's stewards would find them and and the ship would return home. One of the notes said, I have been sent on a mission to kill all Americanos aboard if we port on American soil. Well, someone found these notes and the ship dropped anchor off of the coast of Oahu And and there the ship was boarded by FBI agents, 120 members of the Hawaii Joint Terrorism Task Force, and the Coast Guard. An intense search took place for biological and chemical and explosive weapons, uh, as well as an interrogation of all of the crew members and all uh, 2,400 passengers on board. It cost the Coast Guard alone Three hundred and thirty-six thousand dollars. Well, Kelly Ferguson was quickly singled out as the the source of the notes. She was indicted by a federal grand jury under the U.S. Patriot Act with two counts of threatening acts of terrorism, each count punishable by a maximum of twenty years in prison. Ultimately, she was sentenced to the minimum of two years in prison, no chance of early release. But think about that. Think about that for a minute. Do you think that young woman ever thought that her determination to go back home to her boyfriend would ever result in such a huge mess? Probably not. But here's the thing. There are so many trials and tribulations and messes that we face in our own lives that are purely and simply the result of our own bad decisions. And there is a price to be paid. God forgives us for our misdeeds. That's the way God is. As we sang a moment ago, God's love is boundless, endless but God does not suspend the law of consequences. And we will reap what we sow. We have the freedom to choose, but with that freedom comes the responsibility to choose life and not death. 
And that brings us to one final thing to be said this morning. And that is that there is one choice that surpasses all other choices. And that, of course, is the decision to follow Jesus Christ. Choose Christ. Now, when Moses instructed the children of Israel in this passage to choose life, he was impressing upon them that they should obey the commandments of God. In Moses' teachings, to, to obey the commandments was life. That was to live. But, if, but of course, you and I, we've discovered something that's even more important than the commandments of God. We have discovered Christ himself. You remember what Jesus said? I am the way and the truth and the life. To choose Jesus is to choose life. And millions of people through the ages have made that discovery in their own lives. And, and it's the most important discovery that anyone could ever make. Back in the 1960s, there was a player in the NFL called, uh, named John Bramlett. Bramlett was once known as the meanest man in the NFL. He was a free agent who became starting linebacker for the Denver Broncos in 1965. Uh, Bramlett was runner-up to Joe Namath for uh, Rookie of the Year that year. He played in two Pro Bowls. In 1970, he was voted the most valuable player for the New England Patriots. But off the field, his life was a mess. It was awful. His family never knew when he left home whether he would come home drunk, end up in jail, or just not come home at all. He was often involved in bar fights. And then one day some visitors came by Bramlett's home wanting to talk to him about Jesus. And the impact of that visit changed John's life forever. Suddenly he turned from pursuing death to pursuing life. That's what repentance is all about. Repentance means it's an about face. You're going this way and you turn around and start going that way. You're pursuing death, now you're pursuing life. That's what repentance is all about. It is the, the exercise of our freedom to decide by God's grace for those things that are of eternal value. And John Bramlett made that choice. He even became a minister of the gospel, a Christian minister. And today, he is a living testimony to the change that Christ can make in a person's life. But perhaps Bramlett's greatest testimony is his son, Don. Don also played in the NFL, but Don still has a, a Christmas letter that he wrote when he was in elementary school years and years ago. And the subject of the letter was, all I want for Christmas is. And here's what young Don wrote. He said, all I want for Christmas is for my family and me to have a very merry Christmas like the last two Christmases we've had. My dad was out drinking and fighting three years ago, and we were all worried about him and wondering when he would come home. While opening our presents, we were miserable through those years. But now we have a happy and merry Christmas after my daddy accepted Jesus in his heart. And we have a lot to be thankful for. This is all I want for Christmas, he said. And I've got it. 
I have set before you life and death, said Moses. Oh, but that you would choose life. My friends, Don Bramlett is not the only person to offer a, a fervent prayer on behalf of a father or a spouse or a, a young person or a son or a daughter. It is a, an urgent plea that comes straight from the heart of God. And it is directed towards every single one of us. God has given us the gift of choice. Mad choices will lead to negative consequences. So why don't you choose Christ? And let Christ help you with all the rest of the choices that you have to make. For heaven's sakes, for heaven's sakes, for your sake, choose life. Choose Christ. Amen. Of course, choosing Christ is accepting the amazing grace that God has to offer to us. It is to accept the grace, the forgiveness that God has given to us, and it is making the commitment to follow our Lord and Savior, to choose the life that He has to offer us. Abundant life, eternal life. So let's sing about that amazing grace that God gives to us. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Number 330. Let's sing together. Let us go as God's children. And as you go, remember the words that were spoken here. Review the hymns that were sung here. 
recall the prayers that were prayed here and rely on the fellowship that's known here. Most importantly, reverence the Savior who is worshipped here. Remember the blessings that are found here and respond to the Spirit that you have met here. Until by, by God's grace we return again through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.